Hour Things. This is Mark here, and welcome back to the Clockwork Junkie podcast. As always, you are more than welcome. Thank you for tuning in. My guest on the show today is Amy Milton. I found Amy on um, Instagram. She uh, has a page there that is uh, Cosmic Coaching. She's a coach. So I asked her about Cosmic Coaching. What is it? Um, we have a fantastic conversation. Um, I've no real questions written down for Amy. We just have a conversation in general about... Um, getting yourself unstuck, taking a deep dive into your feelings, your heart, your emotions, your, your, uh, your, your, your conscience, if you like, your very being. Um, we talk about some hard times I had, some hard times she had, and we just kind of share, um, I suppose, what a lot of people are feeling um, down through their life that maybe they're not where they would like to be and maybe they don't find a way of how to get there. And we have a big conversation about that. Um, I enjoyed it so much that after the podcast, we decided to do a second one um, at some other stage. So we definitely will do that. Um, Amy's Facebook link, um, Cosmic Coaching, will be in the description of this video as per normal. So you can go and check her out there. Um, as always, look, if you'd like to message the podcast, you can do so um, with an email. It's clockworkjunkiepodcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the channel. That's probably the big thing. Um, thank you for everyone who's done that. There's a lot of comments and likes and shares, and that's fantastic. But... With this podcast, if you feel there's anybody who would like to listen to it, um, maybe share it to them, tag them, and let them know. Um, as I said, we will be doing another one again. If there's anything in this podcast that you hear that perhaps you were hoping we were going to talk about, but we just didn't get to it this time, let me know. And when Amy comes on again, we go and talk about it that time. Um, such a nice person. I, I think we're kind of, you know, kindred spirits. We think, think an awful lot of the same things. Um, She's better at explaining them than I am, which is fantastic. So it's great to have someone like her on. So look, I hope you enjoy the show and uh, thank you for tuning in. Cheers. Welcome to the podcast, Amy. How are you? I'm really good. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. I just uh, saw there's a surfboard in the background. Are you a surfer? Well, I'm not a pro surfer, but I do love a surf. Yes. <laughs> You're a, whereabouts in the UK do you live? So I live in Plymouth, in yeah. Devon, and yeah, Cornwall's literally just over the bridge here from my city. So um, in the summer, I spend a lot of time on the north coast of Cornwall, and I surf around those parts. So Watergate Bay, near Newquay and Harling Bay. So yeah. Do you want to hear now, this is, will give you an insight into how sad I am at times. I actually know of those places, even though I've never been there, and I can tell you for why. Because I have this uh, thing in my mind that anyone who's ever listened to the podcast knows this. I think at some stage I'm going to win that lottery. Oh. Um, not loads, just a couple of million. And I always look at different <laughs> places. I always look at different like shows like um, Fancy Homes by the Sea or, uh, you know, um, A Place in the Sun. Uh, yeah. You know, but all of these programs are even indeed just online. So like I kind of know the geography of nearly every coastal town or city in Europe at this stage. Um, all I'm missing is the funds to go and buy places, but Cornwall seems like an absolutely beautiful place. Um, it is absolutely is it? outstanding. Yeah, you'd recommend it. That we lack a little bit is a little bit more sun. I mean, that would that yeah. would be perfect, but then nothing's perfect. You can't have it all, right? Or yeah, well, that's the thing that, like, <laughs> I found like it's probably the same um, where you are, but like in, in Ireland for the last couple of months, it's been raining an awful lot. You know. Um, mm. and 
like some mornings you get up and it's raining out and you want to go for a walk or do something and you go, oh, for fuck's sake, I just can't be bothered even moving. Like, this is a disgrace. Like, whereas if, if, if you lived in Spain and everything was like it is now, so I, I have no extra money, no bigger house, no extra anything, but it's just warm. Yeah. I think I'd be, not that I'm not happy, but I think I'd be much happier with the, the sun. And I know it's vitamin D, but it's kind yeah. of an attitude. Everyone seems to be happier when it's sunny out. Yeah. I think. Oh, I am 100%. Like, I'm, I'm over winter now, you know? Like, I yeah. think I'm a solar-powered person. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I come to life when the sun's out. Yeah. But, um, so look, in the intro, we, as I said, we're going to be talking about loads of things today. We'll see where it goes. Um, again, as I mentioned in the intro, don't forget, this is timestamped, so just go down and have a look. And if, there, if, if you watch it all and want to go back to something, do that. If you want, if you haven't time to watch it all, click the bit you like and come back to the rest of it at the end. Um. Amy stuff here, her her Instagram page, her link will be in the description of this um podcast. So when we're finished, if you like the cut of her jib, just go down and have a look and see what she's all about. Um I suppose <clears throat> I came across Amy on Instagram. Um I went into the page and had a listen to a couple of as people know that listen all the time. I always listen to the person before they before I bring them on. There's no more cold calling getting on this show ever again. I have to listen to someone for a while. I like the stuff you say. I like the way you say it. It's very, very positive. Um, don't get me wrong. I don't think you're a positive person all of the time. You're human. But I mean, when you talk, you talk very positively. Um, the page itself is Cosmic Coaching. Now, that's probably a 15-hour podcast on its own. But for a layman like myself that doesn't understand exactly what that is, because just give us a kind of a summary of what that means. So... <laughs> really good question I guess for me um, I wanted to keep my coaching style as open as possible and the more work I've done on myself the more I'm realizing that you know everything is energy and hence the cosmic side of it right I, I believe in you know um, our consciousness creating our physical reality how we, you know, the more aware we become about, you know, how we're spending our own energy, um, our diet in the sense of not just what we're eating, right? Who we're spending our time with, what we're watching, what we're reading, what we're absorbing, um, and how that's impacting our own energy, and and sort of moving towards that, um, as opposed to, you know, saying oh, I'm a spiritual coach and that kind of thing, even though. Yeah, I am, I guess, you, if you want to label me a spiritual person, you can. I, I don't know whether I would, I just like to think that I'm just totally open to everything now. And the cosmic side of it seems to be a good umbrella for me because it's connected to the universe, connected to energy and open to everything really. So I guess that's why I called it cosmic coaching and um and personal freedom coaching as well because freedom means different things to different people right so you then create an open space for whoever you're speaking to um for them to start figuring out what their freedom means um you know have they got it yet if not how can we create that for them or you know how can i help walk them home to themselves whatever that is for them um yeah, I guess that's it, really. <laughs> like, there's, there's, there's so much to unpack there. It's just like, that's yeah. what, you know, but, um, uh, 
like I agree with, with what you're saying because like that's how I got out of depression by doing those things yeah uh, doing those exact things and some other things one of the most important things that I did was the dieting and nothing got to do with food it was like what do I take in on a daily basis what do I surround myself with who do I surround yeah. myself with what thoughts what what energies what am I reading what am I listening to on audible when I walk what am I watching on tv um yeah what's impacting my life and it turns out um that when I start doing that that I realized that about 95 percent of stuff that I was doing I didn't want to be doing really I was just it was a habit I was yeah. not good for me if I'm being honest I was probably my own worst enemy um mm-hmm. but you see it's easy to be your own worst enemy when you don't realize you're your own worst enemy but then when you realize it I found anyways and people I've subsequently talked to when you start taking things away um you start to feel more grounded see when I was younger I was very very confident and I always used to think that the more stuff I could add the more compact or stronger I would be and it never crossed my mind at any stage until I had no other choice was was that the more stuff I took away, the stronger I was getting. It was like taking the load off. Um, and it sounds obvious now, but maybe I was a bit dumb when I was younger. I don't know. But uh, It always seems to be the way, though, don't you think? It's like yeah. these little light bulb moments that we have or these enlightenings, or whatever you want to call them. They're always so simple. And you think, yeah. I mean, how did I not know that before, right? But it's, it's like, um, like you said there, you, you weren't aware of it that you're numbing out, you know, a lot of us are, and and I'm speaking for myself here, I spent most of my life, especially my young adult life, um, numbing out of my reality, trying to escape my reality. And I used various different methods to do that because I wasn't consciously aware. And like you say, when you become aware of these things, it's like, oh, and it's building that trust up within yourself. Um, and they, these habits are, you know, old habits die hard. You know, they, mm-hmm. it, it's not easy to do this work, but it's worth it. And, um, yeah, yeah it, it, I think for me, it's just like it's our shadow parts of ourselves. You know, these little dark sides of ourselves that are feeding off of pain. Eckhart Tolle calls it the pain body. And it's like an egoic side of yourself that feeds off pain. And it, it's the part of you that loves watching gory movies or, you know, likes to self-destruct. It's, it's feeding off of the pain. So it's about like, let's not shame ourselves for that. You know, we don't necessarily know what, we, until we start doing this work, we don't have the tools to know any other way. So, you know, I used to beat myself up for doing these things, but I would just keep myself in that cycle because I was shaming myself. And the more shame I, I poured on myself, the more my pain body was feeding off of it. Um, and I was just there in this perpetual cycle of just self-destruct and shame, self-destruct and shame. And, you know, wondering why the hell do I keep myself stuck in these patterns? Why can't I come out of them? And it wasn't until I became, I started to become more conscious and more self-aware and I was shining that light of consciousness on those things. And, and to me, the self-awareness and consciousness is truth, right? And I personally believe that shame can't survive where truth lies. So the more I started to basically own my shit, um, 
or I, I was what bit by bit sort of cutting myself away from these shackles kind of like you were describing earlier you know you were kind of just bit by bit becoming more and more free and those things can be different for everybody you know they might be using different methods to numb out they might be boozing or using drugs or watching porn or you know we all do different things to numb that sounds like a friday night to me you know (laughs) (laughs) a bit of a wild friday night um but whatever we're doing you know let's get curious about why am i doing these things you know what is it what is that little part inside of me that little dark side of me that shadow part of me what's it want what's it screaming for because the more you down and the more you shame it the more it's going to scream out and that's why i would find you know the more i shamed myself and hid parts of me away and, and shamed those parts of me and didn't own them you know that that little bit of me is a version of me that's still living inside me that has needs and needs to be seen and heard and witnessed so it would be sort of trapped and then it would burst out and then i would have massive parties and you know I'm sure people will be able to relate to this if, if, if they've ever been through anything like that in their life, you know, and, and then you wake up the next day feeling even more bad about yourself and telling yourself you're useless, you know, and here comes the shame again. And, you know, I, I feel like let's be kind to this version of ourselves instead, like maybe try a different perspective. Like what let's let's listen to this version of you. Who is it? Why is it there? What does it want? You know, in the shame voice, whose voice is that? Where's that come from? Because very often it's not actually our own voice. It's someone else's voice. Um, it could be a parent. It could be a partner, an ex-partner. There's, there's something else there that's going on, but it's subconscious. So let's, let's have a dig around. Let's make that conscious. And then let's see what happens. That's, uh, no, that's like, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, that that's, that's what I, like, I've told people on this podcast loads of times what I did to get out of depression, but I, like, you've explained it better there than I, like, I just can't explain it, you know, it's, I, I always need other people to come on, and it's like your uh, narrator for what, what I've done, you know, but just two things on what you're saying, you're like, I've, and I can't talk about it now because I don't know how to describe it yet, but I think I've come up with a theory of the good and bad side of each individual person. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to talk about it at some stage. I told it to my dad and my brother, and they understand, but they're very clever people. I didn't explain it well, but I do have a theory of um, what it is. But I just I just won't explain it just now because I, you know that old saying, if you can't explain it as in a five-year-old child would understand it, then you don't understand it enough yourself. So I haven't got a full handle on it yet, but I know it in my mind, but sometime I will. But just on that, so... um. I wouldn't be the the biggest fan of the Bible and all that stuff, but a lot of the stories in the Bible are, um, people think they're not literal. They're stories about, um, you know, your, 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 your inner side of yourself and your subconscious. And I heard a story before about, um, changing the narrative of the story of the prodigal son. So we all know the story. I'll assume most people of the prodigal son where the dad is now, look, I'm going to butcher this story, but I'll tell it really fast. The dad was a farmer. He had two sons. Um, he gave all of them half of the money each. One of the son kept the money to put into the farm, keep everything going. The other son went off, got hookers and alcohol and everything else. Had a great time, supposedly. And then that son came back. He was the prodigal son. The father took him back in, killed the, 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 the fattest calf and had a big meal because his son was back. So people think 
isn't that fantastic forgiveness from the dad? But they also think the other son who was doing everything right now feels bad because, well, like I did everything right. So why didn't you give me a big dinner or why didn't you give me open arms? And the story is always like, if you're that son, try to, you know, take a breath, relax. And that is the narrative that I was taught when I was going to school. But recently I've heard a story. That's not what they're talking about. You're the father. And the prodigal son and the other guy is also you. It's yeah. the two sides of you, the yin yeah. and the yang. So Yes. Yeah. So, so what they're saying is, like, I have been the prodigal son. I have went ballistic. I have overdrank. I have told people to go and fuck themselves when they were annoying me when I was had depression or when I was getting close to getting. I've done loads of things wrong. And like you said, then I would hate myself the next day. I go, why the fuck did I do it? That's not me, you know. And then there's other times then that I'm kind like everyone that knows me that's friends with me thinks i'm kind because i am but to also mm. think i i could snap if like i take bullshit up to a certain time and then i could snap and i, I used to always think yeah well like i i don't want them to think that side of me i want them to think i'm kind so like um like i shouldn't be you know snapping at people or i shouldn't be um you know knocking them off really quickly if if they're doing stuff i i should be more open and but now i don't think that i'm right to cut them off because they're talking shit yeah. And I don't give a fuck what to think. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that from a selfish or a tough, I'm saying that from the most humble side of a screen you've ever seen in your life because I learned the hard way that it's okay. Like, you know, if 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 you do bad to somebody because somebody does bad to you, I, I'm, I'm not saying that's okay or like a two runs make a right or a tit for a tat, but don't be worrying about it. Don't be like I used to worry about the smallest things in the world, and mm. but if there's a million of them, it's a big thing. I always called it death by a thousand cuts. So mm. nothing happened to me to get depression. I wasn't, you know, nothing major happened. I had a good childhood. We weren't rich. I had the same as everybody else around me. You know, no arse in my trousers, climbing trees. You know, you're the, the normal crack. Um, yeah. And I was in the military. I was out. I had a job. I was getting good money. I had an apartment down by the River Shannon. And I was, yeah, this is, I'm doing well for myself. This is good. Nice car. And then I got depression. Yeah. But it was before that. It was, it, it, it was a buildup of being completely unhappy with everything. Absolutely everything under the sun. Things like you mentioned earlier on and uh, at, at, at the very top of the podcast about um, what way did you put it? about um, becoming conscious, like self-aware, you know? Yeah. So I felt I was becoming self-aware and I was having conversations with people who just weren't. <laughs> yeah. so, so what happened was I, my circle of, of, of friends got smaller and smaller and smaller. And all of a sudden I said, well, if I want to be myself, I'm now, like, if, if I want to be myself, I'm isolated from everybody because and this is not everybody in the world. This is just my circle of people. I'm not yes. saying I evolved so much and I was better than them. Of course not. A little bit. I know. Of course not. That, that's not what happened. But it, I just couldn't talk to anybody. Yeah. I could talk to them if I, I felt if I talked about their stuff. So I, as I explained it before, it was like just two football fields. Everybody's here mingling, having fun. The good, the bad, the ugly, everything. And I was on the other field. Mm. Nobody was even allowed into that field. They couldn't get in. So if I wanted to have any company, I had to go into their field and get involved with them. And every time I did, I was exhausted in seconds. Right. So that was one of a million things. There was loads of other things that happened, but 
That's I totally wouldn't happen hear you there. What's that? I totally hear you there. Yeah. That's the big thing you've just touched on. Yeah, and, and, and the thing that... I didn't think I'd ever get depression, ever. And when I did, I was stunned. Absolutely stunned. And when I did, wasn't able to fix it in a couple of months, I couldn't believe it either. But nothing shocked me more than that I started feeling lonely. I yeah. had never felt, of course, I felt lonely at times. Oh, they all fucking left me. But I mean, I don't mean that lonely. I mean, like, I could kill myself here lonely because I'm so, like, set You felt isolated, right? Yeah. But, like, mm. people have said, but you're, you went to um, your friend's party last night and you were there. I said, yeah, I was there. But I, listen, see the match last night. Yeah. Wasn't a good goal. Was it a handball? Yeah. This, that, and the other. Oh, there's that girl you were talking to. I wonder will the two of you get to get? No. Because of my soul, I have no soul. I'm just here in body. I, 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 there's no point in me doing anything with anybody ever because I'm not available. Now, I always say that, and I'm just keen. Like, I say I'm going to win the lottery, but I have this keen, not this keen, what's the word? I have this little spark in me that, that always thought, well, I might meet someone like myself today. Anybody, just one person, one yeah. person. I don't care who it is. I don't care if they're older, younger, male, female, gay, color, religion. A, a, a soul on the earth that, that thinks like I do. Anywhere whatsoever. And I, I, I felt that I couldn't do it for the longest time. I couldn't meet anybody. I was inter, interacting with people all the time. They were loving each other. Oh, Johnny's coming today and then what we do is, and I'm sitting there thinking like, I would rather slit my throat and get involved in any of this i don't want to do it it doesn't not only do i not want to do it, it, it it's bad for me it's bad for my mind it's bad for my heart it's bad for my yeah. if you believe in a spirit it's bad for everything that i stand for which yet at the time i don't know what i stand for because i'm, I'm going through a it's like a caterpillar changing into a butterfly and but you're halfway through it and you, you don't know it's going to be a butterfly and it was just it's the craziest fucking feeling in the world and i felt mm. so isolated and so alone and it was just absolutely horrible. The, the worst, it was one of the worst things ever. I've been there myself. I've, I've, I've been through a very similar journey. Yeah. And I feel like when you're, like this is, this is um, like life itself, you know, it's sold to be this false dream of sheer, you know, we're all trying to aim towards this blissful, happy, you know, nirvana. Which is, to me, I've, I've got to a stage where just like the yin-yang version of ourselves, right, suffering and peace, they coexist. And like, can we actually find peace with that? Like, and I don't try and uh, tell people that, you know, their personal, personal growth journey is going, you know, they're not going to be sad floating around meditating. It's, it's, it's not like that. Um, going through this, doing this work, it, it, it can be very lonely. Once you start stepping into your truth, people that have benefited from you not having boundaries, people that have benefited from your self-abandoning, people-pleasing behaviours are not going to benefit from, your, from you anymore. The more you start to step into your truth, the more you start to own yourself and, and start speaking who you really are. Um, and I had the same thing happen. I, I felt like I was awakening and it felt like some other people were kind of asleep. Um, and this is not to judge them either, right? Because everybody has their own timeline and, and you might just be at different stages of your, and that's okay. 
but it didn't stop me from feeling completely isolated. And I'm a super social person. I could be at social events. I could, I could be chatting to loads of people. I could be surrounded by loads and loads of people and have lovely, pleasant conversations with them. But I felt so alone on a soul level. Because I'd spent so many years people-pleasing, trying to get my sense of self from, from trying to create a version of me that other people liked, that made people laugh, that was kind, you know, that just gave and gave and gave. And just over time, I just became pieces of my soul just became fragmented. And like you were saying, you kind of just feel like this empty shell. Um, when you start to do this work on yourself, bit by bit, you start to piece your soul back together. And one major thing for me, I mean, honestly, I would say just over a year ago now, I reached a really dark place, I would say, where I literally felt right in the middle of that tunnel that you were just describing. And it's awful, right? It's, 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 it's a dark place. And I felt like nobody could see me, nobody could hear me. I didn't feel like I had, I, I didn't feel connected. And what I realized was I was completely out of alignment energetically, that the souls around me weren't completely aligned with who I am. As soon as I started thinking, sod it, I'm just going to speak my truth. I'm just going to be me now. The universe or, what, or God, or what you know, fill in the blank, started bringing souls to me and, and amazingly, it, it's, it's really quite crazy how quickly it can happen. I have some amazing people in my life now who I don't feel frustrated communicating with. I don't feel like I have to justify myself. I don't feel like I need to people please. And it, it's a scary thing, actually, to, to start speaking your truth. It takes incredible courage because you have to make yourself super vulnerable. Um, I used to think that vulnerability was a weakness because I, you know, I'm fiercely independent and that in a way had isolated me. Um, I don't need anyone, but I, I was doing that to protect myself. But deep down, I was a really afraid person, afraid of getting hurt, blah, blah, blah. Um, but as soon as I started speaking up and, and just being me, irrespective of the outcome, not obsessing over what people think about me, that's none of my business. They're allowed to think what they want just as much as I'm allowed to think what I want. People are drawn, your people are drawn to your energy. And, and, and it's amazing. It really is. Like that's, um, like, I'm so happy that that, um, that happened for you, that like what you're saying about from a year ago to now, like even still, I, I would say I'm three years finished with depression now, probably three years. Now, every day is still not perfect. Like I could have an odd day here or there that's not 100%. Um, yeah. I know maybe two weeks ago, I had about a, a week where I felt like shit. Um, but 99% of the time, I'm flying, absolutely 100%. But one of the reasons that I got in depression was that I, I felt very lonely, you know, um, as in very isolated from other people. But even today, I can say that I, I still feel that way. Like, not, yeah. like nothing has changed. I still haven't got loads of money or I still haven't found a career that uh, makes me tick, that makes me smile, that makes me enthused and energetic. Um, I haven't found any of those things then and I still haven't found them now. So my situation is kind of the same as it was when I had depression. I just think differently. Yeah. You know? it's Your perspective like, um, has changed. 
yeah yeah but like but like i unlike you where and i'm glad to hear you say it is and this is what i'm hoping for is that like you know <clears throat> like i have friends in my life that like for instance like like i am very forgiven but i always remember stuff you know that kind of way like i i have friends for example that might ring me twice a week just say for example this, this isn't the case but it's a scenario and i think okay they rang me these two days but both both times they were at half five why was that and then i realized oh they were commuting back home from work so that's why they rang to kill time for themselves really and and to say hi but like they wouldn't ring on the weekends or and i just thought no i'm not no i'm not doing that you know, my, my my time is as precious as anybody else's time. My time is as valuable as anybody else's. So it's just even small little things like that that I see. Um, I I won't say they annoy me, but I just it's 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 another way that I feel disconnected from people. Like I haven't got my life so much right now. It's, it's not that I've come through depression and I've sorted out everything that was wrong, and like it's impossible to sort out everything that that was wrong yeah. because a lot of it's got to do with other people and I can't change other people. Um, but even now I'm not in a position where everything is set up just the way I want it. It's not. I I my my living situation, my financial situation, everything still has me in as much the same as in the box where when I had depression. Actually, I've less money than I ever had because I'm doing this fucking podcast now. But um, uh, <laughs> so everything is kind of still up in the air. But I just think differently. Um, yeah. I wish that I had the. If it's for you, it won't pass you. I wish I had to just keep going and you'll get there. I wish I had those attitudes. Um, I don't have those attitudes. I don't. I think if it's for you, it could easily pass you. I, I, I don't think the maker, makers, the spirit, the universe is up there saying, well, I think Mark, now, if he waits for a week, might get that car that won't break down. They don't give a f- That's not happening. And if it is, I'm sorry, but I don't think it is. So it's just... Um, I don't have the same faith as other people. Like people might say, look, there's a, I, I could say to you, Amy, listen, look, I realize something's going to happen on Saturday. There's going to be a big problem because a lot of people haven't noticed this, whatever the case may be, but I've noticed this. And I tell you, you're the type of person who might say, okay, I hear your concerns. I see why you're saying that because yeah. But most people in my life would say, Asher, you never know. No, I do know. I've done the calculations and this is what's going to happen because it's happened all the other times. And then Saturday comes and that does happen. Then Sunday, everyone's going, my, my God, can you believe it? Yes. I told you Monday. <laughs> I came and spoke to you and I told you this is going to happen specifically. Are you yeah. fucking dumb? But anyways, my life is like that all of the time. And it's not saying that I'm brilliant and that I know stuff. And of course I make mistakes. Of course I get things wrong. But I do even still feel like I'm alone a lot of the times. Um, well, I mean, ultimately we are, right? But um, what? it's like we are all energy. So uh, as, a, as a human right now, we are all plonked here in this human life on our own. But at the same time, we're all made of the same stuff. Everything is energy. And um, I, I hear what you're saying there. Um, and I guess we can look towards the future and like do calculations and and like plan in the moment for what where we want to go and what we're trying to create um 
everything's about balance isn't it you know it's like and, and actually maintaining that balance is really hard like that's the hardest thing yeah. I think my faith in other people has gone as in like if I want to do anything that I want to do but it entails effort commitment um a never say die attitude and a stoicness that's unmovable from somebody else to get me where I want to go I've no faith whatsoever I'll do it I'll do it mm. 10 times out of 10 uh, nine and a half of those times it would go completely unnoticed because they don't realize what I'm doing because they, ha they haven't got it in them. But I do it, but other people don't do it. And I've seen that all of my life. And I'm not sitting here going, uh, boo, hoo, hoo. It's like what you said earlier on. Like, I've made peace with that. That's how I got out yeah. of depression. And it's it's not that now that I'm not depressed anymore now. And you have a podcast and it's going well and everything is fine. Like, nothing has changed. I still think all of the same things. Every single one of them is the exact. And I'd love not to. And the only reason that I won't think them is when I see them changing you know and I just don't see them like talking to the likes of you and other people who have spoke to on the podcast is fantastic because I'd never get a chance to talk to anybody like the people I spoke to on this podcast if I wasn't doing it so I do get that you know there, there's rarely a podcast that I have that a couple of days later when I'm doing a bit of editing and look at it I don't sit down and think yeah you have a good thing about it so that's probably a positive thing you know but I don't know. I think it's about being open, isn't it? You know, like, um, I hear you there when, when you're saying about, you know, um, relying on other people, people doing things for you. Is that what you were saying, right? Yeah, it's not like, like, it's like I, when I, like, if I fell and broke my leg now, I have loads yeah. of people who would drive me to the hospital. Of course, mm -hmm. I understand that. But I'm talking about a different reliable, a different... Um, Emotional maybe maybe loyalty as well like yeah. it's not that like i've never had a partner cheat on me i'm too good looking but i know but i've actually never had a partner cheat on me but um but so when i say loyalty i, I it, it's it's not an old scorn that i have it's just you know i find it hard to find people that are loyal and will do what to say they're going to do and mm. then so if if i need help and someone like even in the last year, I could maybe three times a month, I've been let down by somebody, you know, that it was me and this person had to do something together and the other person didn't do it. Now, you know, you could say, well, that the common thread and all of that is me. Maybe I'm the problem, but I'm only talking about small things. You know, so sometimes people ask me for help and I say, yes, when would you like it? Today, two o'clock. Okay. I'm there at quarter to two. You don't turn up. I get a text at half five yeah i couldn't do it uh whatever it's a just you should be i hear what you're saying harpooned you shouldn't be allowed to live you know <laughs> one of my one of my limiting beliefs um which i had adopted to to protect myself as well from because i had been let down over and over again was just you can't rely on other people because they will let you down and i had to do quite a lot of work around transforming that limiting belief and it's not to say that people won't let me down but again it was my perspective on that changing so rather than me making it a personal reflection on me you know that person's got their own thing going on they might not have the self-awareness around it you know they might be buried underneath so much stuff that they've got going on that they just don't have the capacity for me they don't actually have the space for me they might have the intention but they might not be able to follow through with it for whatever reason and even though it, it you know it's not convenient for me like how can I offer compassion for that person 
and then release myself from holding on to negative energies. Easier said than done, right? But practice, I guess. Um, and also realizing that, like, um, if people do let, like, in relationships, for example, say, right, like, we've all been hurt, I'm sure, or most of us, and that has a huge impact on your trust. I know it does for me. But how are you going, if you still want to find that love, that loyalty, how, how are you going to ever find it with those walls up? So this is something I actively practice in my day-to-day -day life now is keep to keep showing up, to keep being vulnerable, which is actually the hardest thing of all. You know, when you've been hurt deeply by people, when you've been let down, when your trust has been damaged, to then keep being vulnerable, it seems like the most crazy thing to be doing, right? It's like, I'm just throwing myself right, right back in the firing line. The reason why I'm so afraid to do that, why I have been so afraid to do that, was because I was worried about if I did get hurt again, or I did have my heart broken again, how the hell am I going to cope with that? You know, am I just going to go out, drink myself to oblivion and party? Or am I going to, you know, just fall, slip into just some depression? How am I going to cope? It's all that it's all fear based thinking. So I think with the coaching side of it, it's about digging a bit deeper and, and like learning to build that trust up within yourself to know you can't go through life without getting hurt. Shit really does happen all the time, but so does good stuff. And when the, when the shit things happen, about trusting you're, you're going to be okay and you'll have tools to self-soothe, you know, it's still going to hurt. Like if you fall for somebody and they dump you, that still hurts. But um, love and your attachments are two completely different things. And I have found so much comfort in that, in knowing that actually, if you love somebody, a friend or a partner, that's actually a really beautiful thing. That's the highest vibration or one of the highest vibrations you can get energetically. And your attachment and your hopes and your investments and your dreams and your visions that you have with that person are the bit that cause you the suffering. The attachment causes the suffering, the love itself, is a different thing so it's when we have our all these expectations and you know we get so attached to them i find that's what that's what um hurts me the most when i lose that and actually let's be gentle with ourselves and realize yeah that is a shitty process to go through right it, it's a grief process when you lose something it doesn't have to be someone dies you know when, when you lose a relationship, and I went through this when I lost my last relationship, it was a long-term relationship, and it took me ages to get over that. You know, even the build-up to us breaking up was a process in itself before I even got to the acceptance stage where I realised this is done. Um, but I realised it, it, it took so much time for me to get to that, that stage where I realised it was my attachment to these hopes, these dreams, these plans, this house that we had, that was causing me so much suffering when I when I was able to realize that it didn't mean that that wasn't hard and it didn't hurt but it allowed me to to focus on the fact that my love for him was actually a really beautiful thing and actually to be able to love somebody is a gift and everything's temporary 
So can we get to a stage where we like find comfort and beauty in the love? We accept that the attachment is what's causing us suffering and just kind of get curious about it, you know? And actually sometimes these things happen to redirect us, I believe. You know, it's our inner self saying this isn't right. We need to, you know, we need to break away from this situation. It could be a job, it could be a friend, it could be a partner, it could be anything. Um, sometimes our lives reach like a crisis point, a really high point of suffering for us to be able to have that, like, there's no other way for me to put it at this moment in time other than like an almighty fuck it moment where we're just like, I'm done. I am done. And even though those situations are often for people like the, the worst things they go through, when you then look back, you think, wow, that was supposed to happen to me. That was horrendous, but it happened. And if it hadn't have happened, I wouldn't be here right now. And then you look back at that. I actually did a post about this very recently about you know going through that dark tunnel. When you enter that tunnel, the person that comes out the other side is not the same person that went in, never will be again. And it was horrendous. And you're pushed to your absolute limits. You literally, some people feel like they're absolutely on their edge, like they can't take it anymore. Um, but when you come out the other side of that, you know, wisdom comes from suffering, doesn't it? You know, mm -hmm. to name me one wise person that hasn't suffered. I don't think they exist. I actually read that post. I thought it was very good. The, the one you're talking about, it's like, normally if a post goes too long, I'll just stop. But that one, I just kept reading. I said, okay, let's just, let's see where she's coming from. Because I yeah. had planned to ask you to come on at that stage. And I'd yeah. seen you talking, but now you're writing something. So you're not yourself. And so I said, let's see what she writes. And I actually liked it. It is yeah. very long. It's probably the longest post I ever read in my life. Yeah. And then, yeah I love the metaphor. <laughs> the tunnel yeah. for me, because the tunnel is dark and you're on your own in it and sometimes the tunnel is longer than you want it to be <laughs> and you can't see the end and you don't even know if there is an end you could just you, sometimes we feel like we're going to be stuck in this tunnel forever but I love a metaphor because then it's open to interpretation for every individual person no one's the same but we can all relate I feel like to whatever this tunnel is some people are in the tunnel now some people <laughs> some people feel like they've come out the tunnel and gone back in but yeah I, I don't know I feel like yeah yeah you made a very good point there yeah um you said that uh, nothing lasts forever now that's not yeah. to say that you know one of the most beautiful things in the world that I find is seeing a couple who are in their late 90s and sitting down holding hands on a park bench like even like a guy is not supposed to find that sweet but I fucking love that shit it gives me hope that things could be done well um, I absolutely yeah. love it. but um so that does happen but it's important to realize that um what you said um that nothing lasts forever um and that's the good stuff and the bad stuff you know it's um like I used to you know it's like um I think it was there was a round table with a couple of actors and they asked Tom Hanks what did he wish he knew when he was 20 that he knows now and he said that this too shall pass. And one of the actors said, yeah, that makes sense. So if you're going through a hard time, that it will pass. Yeah. And Tom Hanks said, yes, but when everything's going my way and I feel on top of the world that this too also shall pass, you know, which was a good yeah. point. Um, it's so true. Yeah. And 
you know, everything's changing, everything's ever flowing. And in blue health coaching, and one of the reasons why I want What does that mean, blue health coaching? I've never heard that expression before. So it's it's adopting an e ecocentric mindset rather than an egocentric mindset, you know, realizing that we are a part of everything rather than being top of the food chain, if you like. And connecting with our natural environments and realizing how much that nourishes us and the re and I naturally did that so when I was going through my breakup I went through a really really hard time you know my life as I knew it my family everything went on and I just didn't know how I was going to get through and I just found myself going to the beach with my dog watching the sea I could sit there for hours I literally sit there for hours just staring out to sea and it was doing something to me and I thought there's something happening here there's more to this like it was like magic <laughs> um i went for walks in the woods and i had depression yeah. on my own all well i'd say 95 percent of times on my own for a and long how time how did you feel i i i loved it I, I i felt tired before i went in and i felt like i could lift the house over my head after i came out yeah it, not, it, at the, not at the beginning but after like I, I realized after what you actually gave me a memory there. Like I, I realized after a while that I said, this is doing something to me, which yeah. is exactly what you said. What do you yeah. think is doing here? Just as a matter of interest. Can so, you word that? Well, kind of. Yeah. So when you, when you spend time in natural environments, especially coastal environments, um, your mind moves to theta, um, which is like a wakeful meditative state. And, I think you just become more aligned with the energies around you, essentially. And, and theta allows your brain to attend to the questions that are most relevant to you at the time. It, it allows you to, it's crazy because when I'm coaching somebody on the beach, for example, as opposed to coaching somebody in just a room with four walls and maybe a window, you, the conversation goes right to where it needs to go to so much more quickly when you're on the beach. It's like you, you, you start to contemplate something about that environment, whatever it is, it's our connection to it because we too are natural beings, right? We're made of the same things. I think it just, it just invites you to exactly where you're supposed to be. Um, and yeah, the conversations, even in your own head, you, you just start to contemplate. That's what I'm doing when I'm wave watching. It nourishes me. Even when I'm in the sea, I feel held. I feel connected to the part of me that's... I realise how insignificant all these other things I'm uh, worrying about are. I, 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 it gives me a physical representation of something bigger than myself, something more meaningful, something beyond these things that trouble me day to day. Um, and water, I believe as well, you know, power of water. You're always calm when you're near any kind of water. Like I, I, I know that, um, you know, like, um, like even down by a beach or by a river for a period of time or in the woods, you rarely see somebody, like you'll see people there walking or walking their dog or a husband and wife or a couple or a lot of people on their own to be honest but they, they never mm. really seem stressed they're like they seem, the out, they seem relaxed um i thought when when i start going there first i'll be honest it wasn't for 
nature. I, I didn't realize that I knew or that I, that I liked nature. That wasn't the reason that I went. I went there for fucking peace and quiet yeah. to get the madness of the world away from me or even from my own head and just to go and spend some time on my own doing something. But interesting and, that you naturally had a pull to that environment. Yeah, I knew it'd be quiet. And I, I, I used to be in the permanent, def- the permanent defense force in the army for five years. And one of the things I enjoyed the most was doing exercises because you're up mountains and in woods. And mm. I just thought one day, yeah, let's go and do that. So I drove to a nearby forest and I went in and I was gone for about five hours. And I only left because I didn't have food or water and it was getting dark. And I said, I'm going to come here again. I loved mm. it. I, I don't think, think I meditation without that. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, I, I think it's so nourishing. And, and people, what I was going to say is people think meditation is, you know, sitting in cross-legged position like this or meditation can take so many different forms it could be walking in the park it could be sitting by the beach it could be going you know to the forest whatever but that's I feel like that's meditation too and meditation can be different for different people I agree work better for other people and and that's totally fine whatever works for you but um just uh if there's anyone listening for for the people listening to this like it we're not saying that there's a baseline of, of, of human beings and then us two are here above everyone and trying to tell you how good everything is. That's not it at all. There's millions, no. of, like there, there's, I think there's a bowl or a bubble and everyone's in the bubble and then every so often people just pop their head up and they get out and there's tens of thousands of us now all over the place. Um, yeah. Not to be confused with the woke society, they're clowns. I'm talking about something completely different. It's not an, even an intellectual thing. It's, a conscious thing and awakening. Uh, 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 I don't even know. There is no word in, in English for it. it it's it's a a feeling, I suppose, is all I can say. And knowing, like we said earlier. Annoying, knowing. yeah. Fuck, I should remember that word. Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah. But what do I know? I don't know. But um, I feel like you have that when you're in natural environments. It's like yeah, especially if you're feeling lonely. For me, it was amazing. I felt so lonely, so isolated for so long. And yet, even though I'd be on my own at the beach, I didn't feel alone. Like I'd look at the ocean. A friend of mine said to me, well, no wonder you're lonely. Because I I, I confided in a very few people. I told him I was lonely, but one of them I did. And he said, of course you're lonely. You're going to the forest on your own. I said, that's the only time I'm not lonely. Yeah. You couldn't understand. I can't believe you said that. I was so happy. That's two of us. That's the second person that I met that thinks the same as me in, in that side of it. Never once did I feel lonely in the forest. Jesus. No, it's weird. And, and it really is like a knowing. It's like you feel so you feel so connected. And that's a feeling that you perhaps didn't have, even though you had all these other people around you, because they weren't aligned with you. You felt so disconnected, even from yourself. Being in nature, being at the beach for me, I, I, I felt so connected and it just did something to me. It helped me to process everything that was going on. I would come away from that environment, from that experience, feeling like I had a bit more strength to face what was coming at me. Didn't mean it wasn't going to be easy. It wasn't easy, but I had something. And I think like going back to what you were saying then, Mark, it's like, no, I never want to be that person that sat there preaching. That's not what I'm about. I'm saying I am so, I've done so much messed up stuff. I've had, you know, major struggles. I've been to some crazy dark places. I've felt that lonely feeling and I just want to help. 
anybody, you know, even one person that's going through that right now, if I can share what worked for me and they feel invited to try it and it just does something for them too, my job is done. Like that's all I'm trying to do here is say, look, from one person that struggled to another person that might be struggling now, you, you know, like here's something that, that I've tried. And in those moments, you know, I've had times in my life where I was so lost, I had no idea what to do. So if somebody, if I could have stumbled across somebody or somebody else that said, hey, try this, and it could have just given me even five minutes peace in those situations, you know, it's just five minutes, but it's so powerful because it gives you a light. It gives you a little bit of something to live for something to cling on to right and yeah it's, it's like it's for me yeah it's, it's so tough when people are struggling with whatever it is whether it be mental health or any affliction if you like whatever you want to call it it just it always seems like it's never going to end and like i i've, I've had people you know send me messages who had mental health issues for a couple of years like people who said that they have it for 40 years um i know yeah. people that messaged me and told me that um the, the my advice and the stuff that I say about mental health is incorrect. I have people who messaged me and said that they didn't kill themselves because they listened to what I said and the way I said it. And, and I, I got everything in between. And you pointed out earlier, which I actually meant to agree with at the time, but it is different for everybody. Everybody's experience and everybody's truth, I think you said, everybody's truth is different to them and everybody... Yes has their own so like just because someone doesn't agree if like if two people have mental health issues and they're talking they're not going to agree all the time um like i get that like i think people in my life not all of the people but when when the only way i could get better from mental health was to again something you mentioned was to you know be a little easier on myself and i always say that i say like i'm just going to be easier on myself and do what makes me happy not yes. in a, a, a violent, um, you know, burst of words or not in an ego way, as in I wanted to strip back everything that got me to where I am and see where that leaves me. Mm-hmm. And I started doing that. And there's friends I haven't talked to since. Um, and I'm perfectly happy with that. There's yeah. people who thought I had a great relationship with them before I started recovering, who now have I have no relationship with whatsoever at all. And I'm very, very comfortable for that. There's people still in my life now because it's just the way life is that I might be better off without, but I just can't be without them or they can't be because it's just this situation. So I have to have kind of a status quo and make things work. But there's also people in my life that we would just, we, we love each other, but we'll never see eye to eye. The reason I'm bringing up all this is because I know people will be listening and thinking, oh, it's okay for you to, you done that, cut everyone off. But I live with this person or I live with my parents or the parents saying I live with my son and he's not going to whatever the case may be my life isn't perfect either I haven't got over depression and now I'm like Superman I'm still have fucking bad days and trouble days and there's still people in my life now that I'd be better without there's still people I'm close that I don't understand the fuck anything I'm saying um only the words but I think that I might feel things a little bit more deeper than them or have a better a broader understanding of what I'm saying um and there's a lot of people in my life who are still in the bubble. So if it, uh, I described it on the podcast before, before Christmas, where 
sometimes I feel like I'm in a lake and I'm swimming around and I can see the trees and I can see a hawk flying by, perhaps a plane, the clouds, different types of rain and snow. But I'm talking to somebody who's under the water and they're, they can't understand what I'm saying, you know, and I try to lift them up, up and go, look, there's loads of things here. But they don't want to know. They want to get back down under the water, what to understand. So if I was to have a conversation with them about a cloud, I can't because they're not willing to accept that a cloud exists. I'm using this, obviously, it's the worst metaphor in the world because they're under the water. They, they won't pop their head up to see anything. They're happy enough doing what they're doing. And yeah. a lot of them are suffering down there. But they will not pop their head up and have a look and know there's another way. So there's still people in my life to this day that's like that. So it's not that and I'm I on the podcast and I know everything. That. What's that? Yeah, they're in a different part of their timeline, you know. 100%. Maybe they haven't had their fuck it moment yet. Maybe they don't want it. Maybe they're happy under there. And that's cool. Like, it, I, I used to get so frustrated with that. Mm. With, um, maybe family members who, I, I always felt like a freak. I always felt different, always felt weird. You know, I am extra. I do realise that, like, my opinions might be a bit out there. But I used to try and be a different version of me, try and play small, try and not be too much. But you're only too much for people that aren't aligned with you, right? And and that's okay, you know? 100%. Yeah, now I'm totally fine with who I am. You know, I know I've got good intentions. My intentions are something that I focus on a lot. It's like I know the intentions behind why I'm doing the coaching thing. People might watch my stuff and they might not like it. I'm totally okay with that. I'm so okay with being disliked now. Don't get me wrong. My little ego creeps in sometimes. Everyone wants to be liked, but how can I think it's okay for me to dislike people and not allow them to dislike me? Like, yeah. it's, it's totally okay to have a difference of opinion. Let's be open to our differences. Let's learn something through those differences. And, you know, just do you. And sometimes the people that are judging and shaming you well, very often um, they say for a finger that's pointing forward there's three pointing back at you so it's like they're shaming and judging you but what is that within themselves that's being triggered by what you're doing and sometimes if you put your truth out there it's going to irritate people that haven't accepted things within themselves yet and that's okay too but maybe just maybe me going, this is me now. I'm fed up with being a people pleaser. I don't know how long I've got left in my life. I'm here once. I want to do something with my time. I've been through some shit. If anybody else is going through the same thing, I want to help them. That's why I'm doing this. I believe in that so much that I'm with people not liking it because it's not for them. It's for the people that it, it will benefit and that's worth it for me. But those people that do criticize you are still watching for a reason yeah i am um, me and you think the same obviously not we can't think everything the same we see um there's an awful lot of stuff there that you said that for line for line i've said in the past on this like like it's not that i'm saying that i said it you can hear me saying it on the podcast um, yeah yeah and i've shamed and judged other people before right I've, i i have done that myself and i the more self-aware i became the more, you know, when I, when I was trapping myself and shaming myself, I would see other women, for example, that were just totally being themselves. And, you know, there might be a part of me that would be like, mm, mm. you know, I'd have like a, a negative, uncomfortable feeling come up within me. Who does she think she is? Maybe, yeah. She's herself. That's who she is. 
And you're yeah, not yet, herself. so you're pissed really? off at her for no reason. Yeah, because I was, I wanted to be like that, but I was, I was at that point in a different stage of my timeline, and I wasn't, I, I wasn't at the point where I, I was able to step into my own truth. So there are going to be people that do that, and and that's totally fine. Like the there's a Carl Jung or Jung quote which says the greatest privilege of a lifetime is to become who you truly are. I think that's the quote. And I, I really believe that. I think, you know. He's very clever. Have. Hey. Carl Jung, he's very clever. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm sure that's the quote. I, I might not be word for word, but it's something like the greatest privilege of a lifetime is to become who you truly are. And I, I couldn't agree more. And I feel like everybody, everyone deserves that. Everybody deserves that and if I can help people to you know love themselves more we all have well not maybe all of us but so many of us have such a strong inner critic my inner critic was a little bitch (laughs) and still is sometimes you know the things I would say inside my head to myself were just hideous and it wasn't useful whatsoever um for me how I was showing up in the world, you know, I wasn't showing up as my best self. Um, and that's a lot to unpack and it takes time, but it's possible to change, to slowly shift that. Um, yeah, I, I really if do. If you do good that. in the world and you, you, you do something correct and it's right, maybe for, let's use a, a week as a period of time because it's easy. So Monday through Saturday, and half of the day Sunday, you do everything fantastic. You're so happy with yourself. It, it's just amazing how you've treated people, how you you have been yourself and the advice you've given and the help you give people and you were just happy. And then for the second half of the Sunday, you fuck up. So when Monday morning comes, you're, you're angry with yourself all of the time. Why did I do that? Why did I say this? Or well, someone else's fault. I shouldn't have thought that. And like <clears throat> everyone does that to some degree. Um, what I found helped me was that I became very forgiven of myself, like so mm. forgiven. Like I would, you know, almost go to the part where I let myself away with murder, you know, like I, I'd be, I'd say, okay, well, why am I not patting myself on the back for the six and a half days? I did very well. They're forgotten about straight away. So if I forget about them, yeah. I forget about Interesting fucking Interesting how that happens. So let's go tomorrow. To, to, uh, so you wake up the next Monday then, okay, let's start from here. So, so far, I have six and a half good days out of seven. It's better than seven bad days. Let's go. Yeah. And I just, you know, got very, very uh, lackadaisical with myself. Was it like, I, like I, you know, I, don't, I, I wouldn't often make mistakes, but when I do, I'd be very hard on myself. And I just stopped being hard. And people say, oh, I would never be able to do that. It, it did take time. That's one thing I'll say. Oh, it didn't happen yeah. overnight. And now... Jesus, like, you know, if I done something, I can, I like, see, and everyone considers bad something else, you know, like if, if I done something bad today, um, it would enter my head. I, tomorrow I'd have to be reminded of it, you know, I, I'd be on a different, okay, brand new day, off I go again. Um, and but this it's only good and bad thing pain. as well. It's the good and bad thing, you know, as a, as a chronic people pleaser, historically, you know, I was always trying to be good. <clears throat> good that I was trying to be was living up to the expectations of other people a lot of um people pleasers start off as parent pleasers very often and you know 
it becomes such a chronic habit. You can't remember a time where you weren't doing these things. So it, it, it's a lot to unpack. Um, I've spoke to people in the past who are people pleasers, but it's something I've actually never experienced. Would you believe that's one thing that never had its claws on me? Um, oh, I mean, and when it for anybody listening, if they if they have you know had been caught in that grip, it, I mean, it's tight. <laughs> I yeah. watch myself doing it to this day. This is the this is the whole point of the message. Really, is like this is not a one and done thing. This is a this is a lifestyle change. So so for me, it's like even the even the smallest things. So they say morning rituals are like super important when you're starting to try and um, change your mindset and and give start to nourish yourself and and self care. Um, some people are really intense with it. You know, it could be, I've got to do a 10 minute meditation, 20 minutes of yoga. Then I'll sit there saying loads of affirmations, but just start small, you know, then it's more sustainable. It's more realistic. Just get out and have a walk for 10 minutes and just be present in the walk. You know, don't have your phone out. Just look at how beautiful everything is around you. Or maybe if you're not even at that stage where you're looking at things in awe yet, you know, if you're really in the depths of the tunnel, like let's let's try and reach neutral like you know this isn't so bad but you've you're showing up for yourself and and just whatever it is that's going to nourish you or is giving you something just commit to yourself because you deserve it like do that every day if you can if you can't don't shame yourself for it but it, it's it's really important to just show up just to keep showing up for yourself and on the days where you feel like you really don't want to but you still do that five minutes come the end of that day how you feel about the fact that you just did that for yourself for that five minutes think about that you know you'll be so grateful that you did it and it, it's a powerful thing showing up for yourself and committing to showing up for yourself and and so, you know we live in it we, we have a culture of burnout we kind of glamorize this whole burning out thing you know alcoholic and okay you know I have so much respect for people that work hard. I'm a hard worker myself. I have my own business. It's very demanding, but you know, it's so, you can't keep pouring and pouring limitlessly. You know, it the, the oxygen mask um, example. It's like you're no use to anybody else, and you can't help anybody else unless you put your own oxygen mask on first. If you're plane that's going down or whatever you know i've said that a lot of times on the podcast as well <laughs> always have you? yeah yeah i always but like, it's um, so true you know yeah. how can you how you know you're not going to be helpful if you're filling up your own cup and it's not selfish you know again we've we've sort of i want to rebrand this word you know i think it's really cool to be kind to yourself it's something i always say it's not selfish you know you deserve to give yourself the same love that you give so freely to other people and you know let's start with baby steps how can you start that for yourself like what makes you feel good let's start saying yes to things that make us feel good and be aware if we're feeling guilty about it let's get curious about why we're feeling guilty about it and see if we can start to shift that can we get you to a point where you believe yeah you know i deserve this because yeah. you do but i always say um like you mentioned about put yourself like, uh, you know, love yourself as much as you'd love everybody else. And I even go on further. I always say put yourself first. And that means if I have a wife and two children and my own business, they can be in any order to one. I'm first for that very same reason. The oxygen mask thing. You have to be. I know if, if 
if I have, which I don't have a wife, but if I had a wife and two kids and me and the four of us were in quicksand and we were going down really, really quickly, if I try to grab them out, we're all going down. I get out first. I, that's so obvious. I should have known this from the start. I get out first. Then I get a stick and rope and drag them out. But I cannot drag them out if I'm in there with them. You need mm. to look after yourself at all times. And you're absolutely spot on as well about, I started so slow or so small. Like I didn't, I decided I was going to get better when I was at my worst. And I know, like, like if you gave me 1 million euros to tell you how, I had nothing. I had no answers. But I just, in my head, I said, no, I'm going to get better. And if yeah. I don't, I live like this forever. But like incrementally try to get better by 0.01% every day or every week or whatever. And I failed for days and weeks and months. And I just kept at it and at it and at it and at it. And I, I don't know how long I was at it before I got to five minutes, you know. But it was, you know, anything that I like, committed anything, to it. Sorry? But you, you kept showing up. Yeah. And by and like I didn't even like I, I didn't post and say, oh, wash the car today. Which I didn't, I did I told nobody nothing. It was just me, you know. And then yeah. There was times where I was trying to show up for myself and I didn't, I felt bad. And I said, okay, well, don't be tickled yourself over this. Tomorrow is another day. Or perhaps later on is another day. And we'll mm-hmm. see. Oh, you didn't go later on. You didn't go tomorrow or tomorrow night, but you went the next day. Okay, that's twice in four days, but you haven't done that for the last year. That's mm-hmm. good. And just keep small, little bit by little bit by little bit by little bit. And then you might get a big chunk done and then you might fall back halfway down. That's okay. Go again. Nice and yeah. relaxed and easy. In a hundred years' time, you and everyone you know is going to be dead, and everything is fucking irrelevant. So don't be worrying too much. It's all okay. Um, yeah, you just got to try and like celebrate the little wins. That's. I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. But it's just so. It's so. Um, it's so hard. Like I, I know. Like one of the things when I was listening to you talking on your Instagram page was that I was thinking, like Jesus, when I was really bad. I would have listened to you a lot like I would have said yeah she's saying the stuff that I that I didn't know then I, yeah. I I didn't know that but it's not only that like I mean it's the way you say it as well sometimes when I have guests on like they say stuff that I've been saying or that I think all along but I I, I just can't say it that way you know yeah I, well, I do a lot of reading and there's things that sort of things that resonated with me and so I share those things and you know hopefully the law of attraction you know that if I share those things that resonated with me and my truth then people who are aligned with me it will resonate with them as well and like like you were saying then about okay maybe you only showed up for the two days but you didn't do that for the last year there's two different ways you could have looked at that you could have looked at oh I've just done two days but you didn't you chose to focus a you know you had a different perspective and like where you're energy goes your power flows like what are you focusing on if you're focusing on the negatives like the law of attraction you're going to be bringing more of that in let's let's celebrate the little wins and when you're feeling shit like to even get out of bed for some people is a mammoth task I've been there um so you know talk like celebrate the fact that you've done that that's a huge thing when you're feeling that that's what I thought. Like I, I used to go to I, I retired. I'd go to bed at half ten, and I wouldn't be able to sleep until one a.m. And then I'd wake up at one forty-five, not being able to go back to sleep, shaking my legs in the bed. And it was like there was nothing going on. I just had fucking chronic mental health. I had chronic depression. That was it. Like, and it, it didn't matter what got me there. The point was that I had it, and that was it. And you know, 
I, I felt at the time that like I didn't have the support that I thought I should have had. You know, like once I told everyone I thought it was going to be a circle of the wagons job and it wasn't. And I couldn't believe that. But then how could anyone else know really the way I felt? Because I was only experiencing it for the first time and I'm out from it now years and I still can't explain it properly. So And it's your own experience again and it's unique to everybody, you know. Exactly. But I remember being so tired, like not being able to sleep in the morning, getting up to go to work, thinking like, Jesus Christ, like this is the last thing I want to do to go into this kip. And when I say kip, it could have been any place of work. I just didn't want to do anything. Um, I didn't care how much money I had. I didn't care about anything whatsoever at all. I was just saying, fuck this. And I could have killed myself, no problem whatsoever. But I did. I just decided one, like, I don't know why. I decided one day, no, I'm not going to kill myself and I'm getting better. And that's it. So I put that down as a baseline of where my life was going to go. So anytime, so I didn't do anything that wasn't that. You know, so yeah. if, if it's not me getting better, I'm not doing it. Oh, well, you told these people you'd go to the wedding or you told Johnny you'd bring up. I don't give a fuck who I told what to. Everything has changed. My name is Mark McCormack. I could have killed myself. I have depression. I'm on my own. I'm lonely. I need to get better on my own. Mm. This is the baseline. Fuck off or come with me. And yeah, oh, I love it. that. That's it. Yeah, I mean, um when we when we're at that point again it's all about perspective how are you viewing that you know you could sit there and say I'm so lost I don't know who I am anymore I you know I don't know where I'm going I I don't know what my life purpose is but I've mentioned before Eckhart Tolle says if you if you don't know who you are anymore congratulations (laughs) because I thought congratulations what do you mean and but again, my perspective on it changed. At the moment, I've got a blank canvas. I, I'm I'm done with all of this shit. I, I'm at a stage in my life where I'm kind of at a crossroads. But I'm now picking where I'm going from here. And I've realised that the old ways weren't working for me. You've kind of something's shifted away from you where your care for things that you used to care for or worry about that maybe people aren't at that stage yet. But there might be people that have been through this. But it's like you. At any point, actually, you can have a blank canvas, I believe, you know, you can choose where you want to go. And I don't believe it's too late to change. Um, and and I, even when you change, you'll change again and again and again. So like we're always changing. We're always evolving. Muhammad Ali said that if you think the same at 51 as you've done when you were 21, you've wasted 30 years of your life. And I, I, I fully like. So when I knew I was finished with depression and I knew I was over it, I realized I had to work on it every day. So to me, that was the peak of my evolution as a human being. And I will never change or deviate from that point. I've changed and deviated about 15 times since that. And that was three years ago. I'm always changing and evolving, but I understand that that's okay. Because as we spoke about earlier, nothing lasts forever. I remember my first best friend when I was younger, we'd be best friends forever. Pinky promise. Let's hide stones in this mound of a tree we come back in our 30s and pick them up (laughs) four years later i had a different best friend and four years later i had a different best friend then i had girlfriends i was in a relationship for two year three year four uh, four years seven years one year every one of them was going to last forever every single one of them and none of them last not one of them lasted forever i'm single now as we stand this moment in time and the next one you can't guarantee it though can you you know and i think it's just about living in the now like take 
I believe that life is happening for us, not to us. Because I feel like if you're feeling like a victim, which is what I used to do, I used to think, why is this happening to me? Why do these things keep happening to me? I felt like a victim. I took my own power away. As soon as my, again, my perspective changed, and I thought, you know, what is this situation telling me? It's happening for me, not to me. Even though it was still hard, I was open to what was happening. And I was, you know, it's like an acceptance. And, and there's so much comfort that comes from acceptance. And again, with the blue health stuff, take the beach, the, the example you gave earlier, Mark, where whenever you're on the beach, everyone seems to just be in a different headspace. The, the energy of people is different when they're on the beach. And it's amazing, amazing because the beach can be a beautifully calm, serene place. And it can also be a really angry, crazy, chaotic place because like our moods, the weather, the ocean, coastal environments are always changing. Um, the sea, the tide, it never stops moving, you know, no wave is ever the same, but they're still constant, just like we are. And yeah, you can still take a walk on the beach, no matter what the sea is doing, uh, providing there's enough beach for you to do that, of course, but you can be in a state of flow, even when, you know, things are choppy, and even when things are calm. Um, and I think the, the beach gives a, a a great example of how things are always changing, but you can just flow with it. And, and people seem to flow within that environment at the same time. You get what I'm saying? I do, I do. And and you know what, like, I 100% get what you're saying. And it's like, if I was sitting down watching a YouTube channel and there was two people talking like me and you were talking, I'd say, who the fuck do they think they are? But I'm hoping that enough people have watched, like I have over 230 videos on YouTube now so they know what I'm like and they know that if I say something hopefully there's some merit to it you know that like yeah you know it's it's, it's like you know I and, and then I have you on and I like what you're saying um you're basically you're you're saying you're saying new stuff that I haven't said but a lot of stuff you're saying is stuff that I had said but you're just saying it better than I you know I'm, I'm very bad at um putting it into words and every conversation when I start talking about it ends with a fuck you know what I mean but um <laughs> so it's kind of good to have you on to talk about but just so you're saying so you do um what would you call them seminars or courses or what like if I was sitting down in my house anywhere in the world and I thought I'm struggling a small bit I liked what Amy was saying and I wouldn't mind mm. maybe contacting her is so obviously your link for your Facebook or for your Instagram account is in the description of this video, but how do people get you? Or... They can get me on Instagram and yeah, we can do like coaching sessions. There's all your links on Instagram. Like, so to just send you a message there and you set it yeah, up. Yeah, they can DM school. me on Instagram. Yeah. 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 It's just about coming away from, you know, I'm good, I'm bad, I'm succeeding, I'm failing. I don't believe in failure. I believe you either win or you learn. Um, but just like in Blue Health Coaching, we call it, being more literal. So the literal zone being the part that's neither land or sea, that's constantly changing and always moving. And just let's let's look at the gray areas, you know, like let's stop tabling and let's just get curious about all the things we are and not having to be here or there or and 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 all the while not accepting what we are right now. You there know? are smorgasbords of hope 
hope and feelings and emotions and worries and fears. And every one of them are perfect because they make you who you are. If you're struggling and you can't see the wood from the trees, which here's two person, two people that's talking together that was in that situation, that's also okay. If it takes you long to get better or to find out what you're doing, that's okay. If you have to lose friends in the process, that's okay. If you make mistakes in the process, that's okay. And if you're better now, we'll have to work on it every day. That's also okay. Everything is okay. Whatever works for you. And I think when to ask kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? The answer should be happy because that's my answer now. I don't want to be anything. I don't want anything. I don't want the best car. I don't want to, I don't give a fuck about anything whatsoever. I just want to be happy in myself first. And then anything else that comes, I'll take it on or I'll ignore it. I, I, I'll deem what importance it has to my life. And if I think it's worth fighting for, I'll fight. And if I don't, I won't bother. But if, if I could talk to the spirits or the energy or the universe, I'd say just, you know, if I want aim is just to be happy within myself. Be yourself. And other be than yourself. that, then I can do anything I want to do then. But if you're not happy in yourself or if you're lost or if you're, you know, if you're putting yourself down, if you're your own worst enemy, it doesn't matter if you've been to your millions, you're fucked. It's priceless to be happy within yourself. And I know that because I thought I was, then I had depression, I could have killed myself, and now I am. So I, I know that different rungs of harshite in life. Um, so if, if I was offered now the your millions of 50 million or to, and have forgotten everything that I've learned, I'd say no. I, I couldn't do it. Honestly, I would say the same because at the time, even though those experiences were incredible. Well, I wouldn't go through it again, but I mean, I, I'm glad it's over. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah, um, but you have a newfound respect for yourself. Like I was saying in that latest post I did, it's like you look back and you think, wow, that person was seriously resilient and they overcame so much. And you, oh, yeah, look past, you look back at up. your past self. Is that what you're... Yeah, I, I do that a lot. That's something that actually surprises me. And it's a I real look back and feel sorry gift. for him. How the fuck did he do that? I do think all the time. And then you think, wow, I can do anything. Yeah. You, you, you re- it, it's weird. It's like that had to happen for you to have that extra level of trust in yourself. Yeah. I'm still not sure about the, you know, like I, I could say, it depends on where, what way I would look at it. I could say, well, I wouldn't be here today with the knowledge that I have and the inner strength that I didn't know existed that I have now, unless I went through the depression. So therefore I had to go through it to be where I am now. Although yeah. that may be true. Yeah. But it also may be true is that I was dealt a bad hand and I got chronic depression and I fought, I was so unlucky to get it and I fought my way through and now I'm here and I'm over all by myself, but yeah. no help from anyone at all. Either um, way. Either way. But I, I just think that, that. The, the second way feels a bit more powerful to me that you've done it on your own. You know, like yeah. if I look back and think that I got help, I think, oh, well, you didn't really do it on your own, you know? Do you know what I mean? I'm probably explaining but that you're wrong. You're always you know? doing it. I mean, coaching, this is what I love about coaching. It's like, I'm not telling anybody anything. All I'm doing is mirroring back to them. And ultimately it is them. And... Yeah, it's like it, all it is. It's just the beautiful thing about it is sometimes I call it like 
an itch you can't scratch yourself or you know you've got a knot in your back you can't mm-hmm. necessarily get it out yourself sometimes you just need a little helping hand <laughs> um yeah that's a good way of putting it yeah you know it's not it's not me saying you should be doing this and you should be doing that coaching is very much like all the stuff is in them already it's just yeah. a powerful thing to to say i've been through this too so they know they're not then you know you're not being judged, right? I mean, who am I to judge somebody's struggles? I've had enough shit of my own go on. Like, yeah. People do mention to me that you should be a coach because of the stuff you went through. But I always say no because I'd be afraid of what I'd say. You know, like I, I'm very, um, I'm very matter of fact. Like I, one of the things that got me better was becoming very stoic about what can't I do? And I mean, I, I, I got down to the point that like, is this helping me? No. And it could be to the closest person in the world to me. And just like that, it's okay, done, gone. If it's not helping me, if it's making me worse, if it's adding to my death by a thousand cuts, you're gone, if it's at all possible. Um, but I know a lot of people aren't like that. And a lot of people will be more forgiven than I would be. And a lot of people would be more willing to take someone back into their life if they felt that, you know, maybe they might see change in a person. So I, I would never be a coach. But I'm glad there's people like you around who have who can word things in a much yeah, more again, positive it's getting way. curious about it you know if you are if you are allowing yourself to be in relationships where your needs aren't being met um but you're in love with the potential or the hope mm. uh, which i've done again let's get curious about it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong or right let's just get curious about what's going on there what is it that you're craving what do, what do, what is it that you're going after there like Where's that coming from? And yeah, again, it's different for every individual. But for me, it was like um, I was attracting emotionally unavailable people because that felt familiar to me um, to have to be earning love all the time. Again, the, the people pleasing thing. Um, when really, again, mirroring, it was mirrored back to me by my coach that actually what you do what I was doing there is exactly what I was doing to myself. I was not being emotionally available to myself. I wasn't truly being honest with myself, what I needed, and I wasn't showing up as my true self. So that's why I kept myself in these patterns and these cycles. I was emotionally unavailable, so I kept attracting emotionally unavailable partners because that's what I knew. That's what I've had before in my life as well. So it's super interesting. I mean, you could just go on and on and on about this stuff, but it's... It might even get you like, like we'll, we'll, we'll finish up the podcast now because it's almost, it's a, an hour and 25 minutes long, but um, a couple of things. If if anyone would like to contact Amy, you can do so. As I said, her link is in the description. Now you've seen her, she's there chatting. You know that, yeah, you know what she's like, so she's not a stranger. So go ahead and do that. Um, you know, you can leave a comment, leave a comment if you like, like the podcast, share it, all that jazz. Don't be afraid to leave a comment if there's nothing we're talking about and you agree. Um, I know. People are very quick to leave comments when they disagree. But if you agree, leave a comment as well. That's okay. Yeah. Um, and if look, I don't know, maybe sometime in the future, I'll get you back on for a chat because this feels like part one of a part four fucking conversation, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if anyone else thinks that or if they're bored listening to the two of us, but it does feel like a part one of a, a, a much longer conversation. And I was so happy, incidentally, that I didn't write any questions for this because I wouldn't have found out so much of your thoughts and you would have had to answer my questions. Whereas now... I feel I know you a whole lot better. And I even talk an awful lot about myself, which I haven't done in a while either, you know? Yeah, thank you for sharing. Yeah, same to you. But um, look, I'm going to let you go.
Thanks, guys. Okay. All the best. Bye-bye.